down spikes on welcome to the track hi my name is colin waisman and i'm the host of track world news presented by the harrier and welcome back to our docuseries moving mountains which follows the chaotic 2020 2021 season for mount st mary's university in our last episode we examined all the preparation that the mount put in before the start of the 2021 outdoor campaign going to the year both men and women were preseason favorites to win the team title. This was the first time that both teams have been favorites going to the season in program history. This wasn't something that the team let get to their head, though, because everyone knows preseason rankings mean just as much as preseason games do. Absolutely zero. Going into the year, one group that is looking to make an impact again is the distance team. This group has seen drastic improvements since the fall of 2016 when Coach Fitzsimons took over. To put into perspective how much of a change the program has gone through, the men and women's team both combined for a total 11 points scored during the outdoor championship the year before Coach Fitzsimons arrived. In the most recent championship, they scored a combined 93 points. I remember when I was a part of the team, and one phrase that would always be heard by distance runners was, in fits we trust. It was on every Instagram caption, it was set at team dinners, and I wouldn't even be surprised if many athletes had it tattooed on themselves. One thing that any successful program needs is buy-in from the athletes, and the distance team had that in spades. It helps a lot when the team finds success early. Coach Fitz coached an athlete to Rookie of the Year in his first season, a team cross-country championship two years later, and even coached now senior Will Merritt to his first U-20 World Championship team in the 10,000 meters. To touch on briefly the impact that Fitz has had on the program and the origin of the phrase is now sophomore distance runner Grant West. But I'd say his coaching style, he's like, he's not real in your face and like crazy like some of these coaches are from bigger schools and meets. Like I've heard things in cross-country meets of other schools coaches like yelling at these kids and I'm like if Fitz yelled that at me I'd probably just start laughing in the middle of a race but he like he's not the biggest rah-rah guy in the world but he gets his point across and like it's taken very seriously and uh, the way I kind of describe it is like he's that older teammate that kind of like takes you under your wing in a way and like helps you to like you just start trusting the process and to my knowledge where in fits we trust came from was like from mitch willichek like he's one that made it real big and like it's obviously sticking because mitch is gone <clears throat> and we still continue to use it gene is using it as captions for whatever mount xctf post and i think if we if you come to the school and you really buy in to just trusting him with everything he's going to get you to where you want to be and make you a runner that's so much better than what you thought you could possibly do like i had no idea he would be able to do whatever he did to turn me into the runner that i was last year during indoor like i had no idea that he was like yeah let's go pr in the mile by eight seconds i was like that you just don't do that like 
you don't just take your time from high school and drop it by eight seconds in six to eight months. Like, but just buying into that, like, is a huge thing. At Myrtle Beach, the Mount started off the season with a bang. Senior Chalice Carruth crossed the 400-meter line in first place with a time of 56.66 seconds in a conference-leading time. This also earned her Athlete of the Week honors for the first time this season. With being early on in the year, it wasn't a bad result at all. The team also secured two other first-place finishes with Tess Long in the 1,500-meter and John Wang in the steeplechase. Going into the year, one thing that you would notice about John Wang is that his hair was significantly longer than it was last time you saw him on the track in 2020. By the start of the season, his hair was more than halfway down his back, but it was all for a purpose. The standout distance runner had made a promise to Fitz, as well as the rest of his distance team, that he wouldn't cut his hair until he broke the four-minute mark in 1,500 meters. While the year-long freeze only extended that cut by at least a year, he was still just six seconds away from crossing that mark, and the way that his steeplechase times were dropping, it was only a matter of time. Just not this meet. Following a great first showing, the team packed their bags and headed back to the mount for training before going right back to Myrtle Beach the following week for another meet. Something that isn't often covered when it comes to the college teams that would be competing in sports during COVID-19 is that there's a lot of stressful time in between competitions. When the team isn't running, the interactions that the student athletes have with one another is very limited because the margin for error is razor thin. One mistake can cost the entire team. During a week that leads up to a meet, the entire team would have to get tested for COVID on three separate occasions. One in the beginning of the week, one in the middle, and then lastly, the day before the team travels. If an athlete tests negative, then they're all good to go. But if a positive test is reported, they'll have to retest, and if it comes back positive again, then themselves and anyone that they were in close contact with would have to sit out of the competition. Over the course of just the outdoor season alone, the average runner on the team would have to take 30 COVID tests over a three-month period. Obviously, each test was just as stressful as the last, because one report could be the difference in competing and having nearly a quarter of your season canceled, just like that. The worst part about it is that you could do everything right and still be affected. So it was really a team effort in order to keep everyone healthy and able to compete. Following that next week of training, the team returned back to Myrtle Beach. While normally teams go down south for the warmer weather, that wasn't the case for the second trip. Much of the weekend was overcast and cold, and I suppose it was bound to happen since the week before it was sunny and warm. This week, the team doubled down on their great performances with some massive, massive results. John Wang returned in the steeplechase to improve his time to just under 9 minutes and 30 seconds, which cracked the Mount's top 10 list. DJ Hamilton also led all collegiate performers in the triple jump, with a leap of 14.48 meters, but the real major performance happened early on on the first day. Senior Brian Sagendorf is a man on a mission this year. Coming into the season, Brian has already experienced several setbacks during his career at the Mount. During his sophomore year, the javelin thrower tore his ulnar collateral ligament, which required Tommy John surgery. 
He remembers hearing a pop during one of his throws at the historic Penn Relays, but continued throwing until the injury peaked during the first round of the conference championship later that season. The recovery took 18 months, and he returned for his redshirt junior year with yet another conference title and earned his second NCAA regional championship qualifier. On a roll, Brian was set up to do some great things with his fifth year and had massive expectations for the season. But, as we all know, that year was shut down just hours before the bus was leaving for the first meet due to the COVID-19 pandemic. After that crushing blow, he had a big decision to make. Should he give up on track and hang up his spikes, or give it one last shot and train for the 2021 season? After some reflecting, he knew he wanted to end things on his terms and return for his final year of eligibility. It was a good thing that he did, because at the very first meet of the year, Brian launched himself back into the record books. What led up? So I guess, uh, well, I watched the girls throw early on in that day and um, kind of did well. She PR'd. A lot of girls did PR and throw well at me. So that, that got me kind of hyped and excited, but there was just a nasty headwind. So I was a little upset about it, but... So then during that day, I was just warming up and they actually moved the competition 30 minutes uh, earlier than scheduled. And I looked at coach, I was like, uh, they're not supposed to do that, right? So like, no. And then like, I started warming up and I was just getting mad. And I saw, I, was, I always look at the heat sheets and everything before so I can see like what the competition's like. So I saw this one kid, he threw 64. He was uh, Sam, uh, Sam Akers, something from Liberty. Um, so I was just, I made sure I warmed up right next to him during the whole day, just being a little cocky and just looking at him. And then I was the first, uh, thrower of the competition. So I was the first thrower. And, um, some of that, my mom always tells me that I never listen. Hey, bub, throw, hit the first one. So you don't have to throw anymore. So ended up. We had no expectations and we just said, hold it back and just throw and see what happens. And after like my first warm up throw, it went like maybe 55 to 60 meters on like a five step. It was a, it was a good throw. And then that's when Steve was like, oh shit, I think he's ready. Um, but yeah, so literally that first throw on the runway, I was, I actually, I was, I had the shorty shorts. I didn't have shorty shorts on in the beginning. I took my shorty shorts off on, on the runway. And like, I looked at it and everyone started like laughing. I was like, damn it, I shouldn't have done it. So I throw him to the side and going up, going down, just running, boom, plant, hit the block. I knew right away, right when it released in my hand, I knew it was a bomb. I flipped over, I almost hit my face on the ground. I like a little bit, my toe just missed the line. Um, I got up, I just saw the jab flying still. I yelled, full kid mode. Uh, and then, like, the video, like, after looks so cool. Like, you hear Steve-O in the background of the video. I feel like he's like, oh, the sun's coming out, mate, or something like that. Or the sun's coming up. But, and then just threw it and school record. That one throw right there was five years in the making, as he broke his own school record that he set during one of the very first meets of his freshman year. Following the 67.14 meter throw, Brian earned all conference weekly honors and now had his eyes set on bigger goals, the conference record and the Olympic trials. It wouldn't be an easy feat though. The NEC record would be another one meter PR and qualifying for the trials would require an eight meter improvement. 
but with hard work and determination, anything is possible. Two weeks later, the Mount hosted its first full home meet of the year, and really nothing can beat a home competition. Being able to sleep in your own bed, have the same routine as you normally do, and not having to drive multiple hours to a hotel is a plus. With track, home meets don't happen all too often for many schools. With the Mount in particular, we might have one or two home meets the entire season, and sometimes not have any. This means when you do get the opportunity to compete in front of the home crowd, you better take advantage of it. And that they did. Coming out of this meet, the Mount had five first place finishes. The first champion we saw was Chalice, who continued her successful season with another victory in her off event, the 200 meters. Even though she was racing in her secondary event, the victory continued the top performances that she's been having where she has not finished below fourth in any race, individual or relay. Another champion that we had this meet was her roommate and best friend, senior hurdler Najee Nickerson. Najee won the 400 meter hurdles with a conference leading time of one minute and three seconds. This was the very first competition of the year for her because on the third hurdle of the race in Myrtle Beach, she felt some tightness in her hamstring and pulled off the track before something serious might have happened. This turned out to be a very good decision on her part as she is now feeling healthy and good going into the rest of the season. In the Mount Track world, the names Najee and Chalice have been inseparable. Rooming together since freshman year, you wouldn't see one without the other, whether they were cheering each other on at meets, eating with each other at the cafeteria, or just walking around the campus. Neither of them would be too far away. But it didn't start off like that, and they'll be the first ones to tell you. Originally, they weren't too sure about each other, like all incoming freshmen when they're in a new place, but pretty quickly, they became the best of friends. Not only are they great friends, but they have been two of the best runners that the Mount has ever seen. Between the two of them, they've medaled 12 times at the conference meet, six of which are gold, and qualified eight times for the ECAC championship, which is an East Coast regional championship meet. Not only that, they both have their names painted all over the Mount Top 10 list in the hurdles, 200, 400, and the relays. Even with her plethora of medals, two things that have just barely eluded Najee during her career are golds in the outdoor 100 and 400 meter hurdles. She's won gold in the 60 meter hurdles indoor, but she has only been able to capture a second place and two third place finishes in the two outdoor hurdle races. With the conference championship just less than a month away, there are a few things that she wants to iron out in order to become victorious this year. Yeah, I do have my eyes on that gold medal this year, not only in the highs, but the 400 hurdles as well. Um, I would just have to say uh, the biggest thing I'm focusing on is starting the race how I finish the race. And what I mean by that is just carrying the momentum the whole time, you know, it's very easy to start the race aggressive and, you know, attacking the hurdles. But as you continue on the race, you know, you kind of need that endurance, that hurdle endurance. And it's not often that you see 10 hurdles outside of a race. So I think that that is the biggest thing that I have been focusing on, just the hurdle endurance, because I know that has been a weakness. And I know that that will get me from start to finish in first place. <laughs> the remainder of the meet was solid as well. Senior pole vaulter Rachel Finn collected a top spot, along with her roommate Ashlyn Cook, who won in the high jump. Two other standout performances was jumper Dylan Leno, 
who set a new personal best of 2.08 meters, this tied for first in the conference. This was a huge number for him, because it now put him within striking distance of qualifying for his first NCAA championship. He then moved the bar to 2.13 meters, which would firmly put him in the best position possible. He didn't get any bar love and missed on his three attempts, unfortunately. Another very impressive performance of the weekend didn't even happen in the same state. Distance runner Colin Kelly lined up for the 800 meters at George Mason University, where he was prepared to run faster than he ever ran before. Uh, so pretty much with uh, the 800, we ran at George Mason. Uh, with COVID, it is super hard to find any big races that will let you in without getting tested every single day of the week, um, which makes sense with protocol. I totally understand, but um, we didn't really see that many big meets ahead. And we saw George Mason, my time before was like a 153 mid, 153 high. So I like, I just slipped into the top heat. And, you know, me and Fitch just talked about it. And I said, I'm just going to honestly send it, you know, um, we talked The one guy talked to us beforehand. He's like, we have a pacer, we have a rabbit. Um, surprisingly, I passed the rabbit. I had no intentions of doing that. I kind of just saw a chance. Legs felt good. 400 in, I was going like, I think 54, 55. And I just kind of took it all the way to 750. Uh, William Mary kid passed me at the last second, but I think I remember 100 meters left. I was looking up and I saw, I could have sworn I saw 148 like multiple times. I like looked up, looked up, looked up, and I saw 148 like six times. I was like, what is going on? And then 10 meters away, I see 148, 149, and then cross the line. And I could tell you that I was not expecting to run a 150. Um, it's a major PR and coming into, you know, college, never thought I'd even touch anything lower than a 158. And um, I just remember embracing Fitz and we were just very happy. These two excellent performances earned both Dylan and Colin Athlete of the Week honors in the track and the field. At this point of the season, the Mount had three athletes that were vying for NCAA championship positions. Brian Sagendorf in the javelin, Dylan Leneau in the high jump, and Colin Kelly in the 800 meters. While Brian is the only one that has qualified before, they are all more than capable of getting that spot. Dylan is just four centimeters away in the high jump, and Colin is about two seconds off from that 48 spot in the 800 meters. But this year would be different. Before the outdoor season started, the NCAA announced that they would be limiting the regional championship qualifying list from 48 athletes per event to 32. This news came as a shock to many student athletes where now 2,000 people would no longer be able to get the opportunity to compete in Eugene. The reasoning for it was COVID. They said that having 48 athletes would just be way too many per event, so they needed to limit it down somehow. With this understanding, many athletes were now chasing higher bars or faster times than normal, just in order to be able to qualify for the regional championship. This angered a lot of people. And now Dylan and Colin would have to nearly double the times that they would have to improve in order to qualify for regionals. The coaching staff at the Mount was especially unpleased, and even named the final meet of the year before the championship season the Mount 33-48 to 48 Invitational, which we will explore in next episode. If you enjoyed, please make sure to leave a like, follow, and review. It really helps us know you're enjoying the content and lets us know we're doing a great job. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.